Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. During this expert coronavirus update, we spent time with a seasoned entrepreneur life sciences executive to discuss COVID-19 antibody testing and the advancements his company is making in this innovation arena. Josh Disbro is a co-founder, chairman, and chief executive officer of A2 Bioscience, a specialty pharmaceutical company engaged in the global commercialization of novel prescription therapeutics and consumer healthcare products. While together, Josh shared his organization's journey in receiving their emergency authorization use for their COVID-19 rapid antibody test and why A2 Bioscience is perfectly positioned to help fight this global pandemic. Additionally, Josh shared a sneak peek into the company's future innovation roadmap and why these new and forthcoming technologies have significant potential to save many lives impacted by this devastating disease. I'm grateful to Josh for taking the time out of his hectic schedule to share his passion and dedication to lead his organization and to be the change makers we need to conquer one of the most challenging health crises of our lifetime. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Josh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today on our podcast and for sharing your perspective and updates regarding the coronavirus and the important work you and your team are pushing forward to help with rapid COVID-19 antibody testing. Hi, Mike. It's great to be here this morning with you. Josh, I'm so eager to learn from you as to what we need to know about these new technologies and why antibody testing could help to further safely open up our country. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and to interact with the global ecosystem. If you're listening to this episode via our online community, thank you for being with us. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Josh, I'd first like to start by asking you where the specialty pharmaceutical industry currently stands with antibody testing and why it is so important and what we should be contemplating moving forward. So with that, Josh, I'll open it up broadly and let you take us from there. Well, thank you, Mike, and again, thanks for having me. It's an interesting question. Our company is A2 Bioscience, a specialty pharmaceutical company, as you've noted. And it's an interesting question in that antibody testing is something that, for the most part, laboratory diagnostics companies have taken up as part of their challenge in fighting back COVID. With respect to us and how we're really thinking about antibody testing, it's an important aspect of how we are going to fight back COVID and ultimately open up the country. Antibody testing, as you likely know, is sort of the second prong of a two-prong testing approach, which obviously relates to testing for the antibodies to the COVID virus to detect patients that had been infected and potentially are walking around expressing these antibodies having an expressed or adaptive immunity. The longer we're out there and the more we know about COVID, I think the more we're learning with respect to how long immunity lasts, if it's something that's more transient in nature, 
And what we do recognize now is that there's certainly a need for ongoing testing to assess the patient's immunity, particularly as it relates to getting a vaccine out into the marketplace. There's a lot to know and to learn about antibody testing and testing in general, but ultimately it plays an important role as we move down the road. And again, particularly on the other side of a vaccine to detect the efficacy of those vaccines. And before we dive in a bit deeper there and around COVID-19, Josh, obviously your company has been at it far longer than this pandemic outbreak. Can you give us a little bit better understanding of what A2 Bioscience is, what you guys have been working on, what you're known for, what are some of those other therapeutics you are bringing to the marketplace and kind of that high level overview of the organization? Yeah. So we, like a lot of companies, we're not in the COVID fight. And obviously up until now, heretofore, we had been a specialty therapeutics company focused on the commercialization of novel therapies and primarily focusing on commercialization efforts in the U.S. Our business model is a bit unique in that we don't do in-house R&D. We primarily rely on third-party R&D partners, and we really take the ball and run with this, starting with the commercialization phase. And so we've got a portfolio now of eight therapeutics, all prescription products. We have a nationwide sales force of about 40 sales representatives around the country selling to physicians all over the country. And we focus on large therapeutic areas in everyday conditions. Our lead product is a product called Natesto, which is a nasally administered testosterone therapy for men that suffer from a condition called hypogonadism or low testosterone, otherwise known as low T. So that product we've had for a few years now, it's done fairly well. It's a small product, but growing. And it's for men that are seeking to not boost their testosterone, but also maintain their fertility parameters as it is the only testosterone supplement shown to not impair fertility. And so that's our lead asset. We have a handful of others, again, focusing on everyday conditions in uh, very large therapeutic areas. And then recently, very recently, back in February, so just before the COVID pandemic hit, we acquired a consumer healthcare company called Innovus Pharmaceuticals based out of San Diego. And so now we have a portfolio of both prescription products as well as consumer healthcare products. And we've got about 80 employees around the country. And then, of course, COVID hit and we were able to pivot our efforts and move into the antibody testing realm. Let's go there now as well, Josh. And thank you for that overview. I find it fascinating and actually really encouraging to see entrepreneurs and executives and organizations just like you and, and A2 quickly responding to an emergency that is right in front of us. It just speaks to who we are as a nation and the types of entrepreneurs and builders that make this country so great. Can you give us an understanding of what did it take to get your antibody testing into the market? I know it's under the emergency use authorization, but take us back a little bit into that story. Where did the light bulb go off inside the executive war room? The pandemic's breaking out. You're going to obviously have to invest assets, time and money resources into getting this out into the marketplace. Can you give us and our audience a better understanding? How does this even come to be for an organization like A2 to then turn and get a product into the market to fight this very fast moving pandemic? That's a great question, Mike. We're uniquely positioned as a small company to be nimble and to pivot as necessary. We had an opportunity just based on the very broad network of people and contacts we have all over the world. And so I mentioned earlier that we acquired Innovus Pharmaceuticals out of San Diego back in February, keeping in mind that was really about two and a half, three weeks before everything really blew up with respect to COVID. And so through relationships, which we have many around the world, and as a company that really predicates its business on partnerships, identifying assets through third parties, and so forth, through the Innovus subsidiary, we were contacted about a very interesting already developed COVID antibody test. This was in the very early stages, as you recall, this was before there were dozens and dozens of them out there. 
It was one of the very first to be studied right in the adjacent province to where Wuhan, where obviously the initial breakout was, and moved very quickly. So essentially a sub-distributor of a manufacturer of a COVID antibody test called Oregon Gene, that sub-distributor reached out to us. And in just a matter of days, we negotiated a distribution deal to become one of the very first U.S. companies to analyze one of these technologies. Our business, by its very nature, is to be opportunistic, is to look out across the landscape, see what the market needs, and pivot accordingly. And that's exactly what we did here. So through relationship, by being very nimble, really everything from the negotiations down to the term sheet, to the definitive agreement, to the board discussions, that all happened in really just a matter of days. And companies that are having success in getting things out there with respect to COVID are those that can move very quickly. The pace is really accelerated across the board. And so before I get into the emergency use and how it got really rolled out, that's ultimately how the test came to us and how we got it out there initially. Well, thanks for that backstory. It's always interesting to hear that kind of the behind the scenes of how technologies and therapeutics just like this get into the bloodstream of the marketplace. So thank you for sharing that. And let's go there, Josh. Talk about emergency use authorization, especially for our lay people, including myself. What does that mean? How do you go about receiving that? Are all antibody tests for COVID-19 under this authorization? I'll pause there. Coach us up a bit on emergency use authorization. So this has been an interesting one, to say the least. The emergency use authorization route has been a winding road, to say the least. So initially, the FDA came out and essentially said, look, bring us your technologies and essentially assert for us, tell us that you have validated this test and that it passes muster according to these standards. And there were specific standards by which these antibody tests needed to be measured. Now, keep in mind that this test actually had already been validated and has been validated multiple times. As recently as this morning, we put out a press release putting out yet another peer-reviewed publication demonstrating 100% sensitivity and specificity for detection of IgM antibodies. But anyway, long story short, these tests were essentially granted a pathway to enable self-declaration that the market got flooded with antibody tests, literally hundreds, potentially even more. We don't exactly know how many started flowing into the country. And the reality is several of these tests proved out to be very poor. They had extremely poor performance characteristics, low quality, very schlocky tests. And unfortunately, the test we distribute from this company called Orient Gene is one of the very best performing tests on the market, but it got lumped in with all the others. And a few articles came out here and there suggesting that these tests really were not high quality. But the reality is there's a real dichotomy between tests that have really been effectively developed and well-studied, well-characterized, and had good performance characteristics from tests that really were just fly-by-night, should have been on the market in the first place. So the FDA came back later, about eight weeks down the road, and put some more stringent requirements in there, essentially began independently testing these tests themselves. And yet again, our test, the Oregon gene test, came right to the top and it got emergency use authorization by virtue of the independent testing that the FDA is now doing to validate these antibody tests. They are using a laboratory, the National Cancer Institute's laboratory in Frederick, Maryland, to do essentially head-to-head, side-by-side comparisons of many of these tests And those that pass the highest degree of muster are those that are getting emergency use authorization. Some that had initially received the emergency use authorization have since had their authorization pulled because while it looked like upon the initial validation by the company, it looked good. Upon the National Cancer Institute's validation studies, it actually, they reversed course and they ended up 
pulling at least one of those off the market and there's thought that they may pull one or two more off. So now there are very few that actually have what is called policy C, emergency use authorization, which is true validation from FDA or their third party NCI, the National Cancer Institute, that actually demonstrate this has been tested, it's been tested again, it's been shown to be valid, it's been shown to be accurate, sensitive, and specific, and have all the characteristics that you would want. And so it's now one of very few that are actually on the market in good stead with the FDA under the emergency use authorization. So that's a very long answer, but it's been a winding road to say the least. And this is continuing to evolve in real time. But the point remains, antibody testing is important. We believe they serve a very important role in the context of tracking how we're doing and controlling the disease and obviously understanding who's been infected. So we're glad to have one of the very best tests out there as we speak. Now, Josh, moving forward and into the future, obviously, this pandemic is it's going to be here for quite some time. Does this emergency use authorization, is it always assigned to your product at A2? Does it ever go away? What does that look like long term? And does the emergency use authorization, does it hold you back a bit or are you allowed to go full bore into the marketplace? What does this look longer term for the product in the marketplace around emergency use authorization, just as we're talking about this now? With this rule of thumb, emergency use authorization remains in effect as long as the national emergency remains in effect. So by definition, it's transient. This is not something that will carry out well into the future. What many manufacturers are doing is pursuing a formal pathway with FDA, a 510K medical device clearance to enable use beyond the pandemic. And we're one of those companies that's certainly thinking longer term. We haven't given specific guidance to our stakeholders exactly what path we'll pursue with this test and others, but we'd like to be part of the long-term solution. But in the near term, the EUA enables full commercialization, the full ability for the company to distribute it to moderately complex or highly complex laboratories, so laboratories that can do more sophisticated levels of testing. And then beyond this emergency state, there's obviously thought given to pursuing a more broad application such that maybe one day there's the ability to use this on your stick such that you can truly use these in a point of care such that you can get rapid, almost immediate results right there at the patient's point of care. Uh, But in the near term, we're following the emergency use authorization guidelines. We'll look to pursue other applications for the test down the road. But right now, just happy to be in a position to help any way we can under the emergency use authorization. And I know you and your team are learning quickly, as all of us are during these times with this novel virus. Can you share a bit how we should be viewing antibodies and their help in fighting the spread of COVID-19, right? We're hearing a lot of mixed messages in media or journals or otherwise of how long they may last or not, a false positive test, false negative testing. What does this mean, this notion of antibodies right now with COVID-19? Is there still a lot to learn? Is there something that we can take confidence in? Where should we be thinking about this area for the pandemic and fighting against it? So there's a lot to unpack there with respect to the role of antibodies in general as it relates to fighting the pandemic. So there's really sort of two aspects to how antibodies help. One is in the immediate term to understand, in fact, who does have, even if it's transient immunity, who has developed an adaptive immune response to the virus. And that's important because that may enable frontline workers, healthcare workers, emergency room physicians and nurses and the like, and obviously retail workers and folks that are in roles that we deem critical. We really do need to have a sense for which one of those folks may be, at least in the near term, even if it's transient, which one may be 
protected from the virus. They're important from that perspective. There's diagnostic testing, which is done via the nasal swabs, which you're familiar with. You know, PCR testing establishes whether you've got the virus and it's active now or not. Antibody testing, and these antibody tests typically test for IgM and IgG. IgM antibodies typically manifest earlier on, very shortly after you've had the infection, whether symptomatic or not. And then IgG antibodies typically manifest a little bit later, called, think of, of weeks after the infection, you know, a couple of weeks and beyond. But what we don't know, to your point, is exactly how long. Is it a few weeks? Is it six weeks? Is it eight weeks? And the reality is it's going to be different for different people. Nevertheless, it's important to be able to understand if I've got an emergency room to staff and I don't know which of my physicians or nurses have been infected, and I want to really ensure the highest degree of health and safety, that the at least initial thinking was, and it continues to be, if I've got someone that has antibodies, they're perhaps less prone to reinfection. But that's not universally the case necessarily, but they may at least be less susceptible to reinfection. Of course, everyone still needs to be gowned up and have their full PPE garb on. Moving forward, if you think about antibodies and antibody testing as it relates to the vaccine and vaccine development, what we're learning already about these vaccines is that these won't be one-and-done types of vaccines, at least not the way they're currently configured. Typically, they're going to require boosters, maybe multiple boosters. The idea is you're going to need to really constantly track a patient's adaptive response to the vaccine until we really get a sense for exactly how long these vaccines last. So there may be a role for these antibody tests well into the foreseeable future as it relates to just understanding how long this vaccine has protected this individual. So you can envision a scenario where these tests are given every couple few weeks just to really track and trace the effectiveness of the vaccine until they're able to, we hope, develop a vaccine that maybe is a one-shot and you're done or one-shot plus a booster. But it seems like based on the information I'm reading that we've got a way to go before we really understand how long those vaccines are going to work. Well, very good context there, Josh. Appreciate breaking that down a little bit for all of us here on the podcast. So let's also now focus a little bit on future state. I know there are some other tricks up the A2 sleeves around helping battle COVID-19 and pushing the health of our nation forward amidst this crisis. Josh, can you share a little bit about what's in the pipeline, what's coming down the road here for A2 as you guys continue to keep rolling your sleeves up to help battle the pandemic? We're very excited about a technology that we licensed after we brought in the antibody test. And this is a project that we call Heal-Life. And it's a medical device technology that has been developed by Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Now, Heal-Life is a very novel technology, and I will say it's still early on. So it's still proof of concept preclinical, meaning that it hasn't yet gone into human trials. But it is a device, like I said, it was developed at Cedars-Sinai that utilizes the concept of UV light, specifically looking at UVA light in a light catheter of sorts that would go down an intubated patient's breathing tube and illuminate to, in theory, eradicate the coronavirus. Now, we know that the coronavirus does most of its early work in the upper airways, you know, the nasal pharyngeal area, so up in the nose and in the throat and in kind of the upper airways. But obviously, the virus starts to make its way down into the lungs. And of course, at that point, patients, they become infected. They become, in some cases, symptomatic. And those, of course, that are symptomatic, that are in very severe state, they end up in the ICU. Many end up intubated. The concept is to take this light, uh, again, insert it down a breathing tube. So for a patient that's on a ventilator, they're intubated. And you shine the bright light for some period of time on a regular basis over a period of days with the thought that you could significantly reduce the viral load, the burden of the coronavirus that's in the patient's upper airways 
to ultimately improve outcomes. It's still early on, but I will tell you that there's been a great deal of preclinical work already done. Publications have demonstrated that a wide range of bacteria and viruses can in fact be killed by this technology. And so we are now in the stages of getting ready for a clinical study. Ultimately, if that is successful, we'd be in a position to move it forward with the FDA's oversight and some potential use around in an emergency setting, potentially. Just a lot to really be excited about when you think about the potential for a non-surgical intervention. It's a relatively straightforward approach, but it'd be the first time ever that actually UV light was used inside the body to eradicate something like this. Well, all very exciting, Josh, and thanks for those updates. And of course, thanks again for joining us today. We know how busy all of you are at A2 and all the things you're working on to continue to help bring novel and exciting technologies and products to the marketplace to help battle this pandemic. But before we head out of here, Josh, where are some areas online that we can find you to learn more about what we discussed today, whether it be websites, social media handles, or otherwise? You can find us online at a2bio.com. So that's A-Y-T-U bio.com. And we've got information about the Heal Light technology as well as about the COVID-19 antibody test right there on our homepage. And you can sign up to receive alerts when we put out press releases as we did this morning. You'll be able to be one of the first to be notified of that. You can also visit us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Bioscience at Bioscience A2, Bioscience A-Y-T-U. And then we're on LinkedIn as well. You can look up A2 Bioscience and follow us there. Our followers are increasing by the day, as you might expect, just given how active we've been in the COVID-19 space. And certainly welcome folks to uh, check us out and follow us either online or on social media. Well, we'll also have an article over at PassionatePioneers.com, our free global online community that will be highlighting Josh's episode here. We'll include all of the different links he listed out but also an opportunity for you to share some ideas, thoughts, and suggestions for Josh and his team to help them further along their dedication in helping battle this pandemic. So again, over at passionatepioneers.com, our free global online community. Well, Josh, thanks again for being here today. It's about time to take off so we can get you back to the real important work and continuing the fight against this pandemic. Thanks for joining us today, sharing your insights, sharing your expertise, and giving us a look into all the wonderful things that are happening over at A2 Bioscience. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.